Hi everyone, and welcome to episode one of Lincast. I'm your host, Elliot Fung, and with me I have my co-host, Tushani Puvanendran. Wow, you said my name? Right. I did? Good. Right. Yeah. Oh, and Bruce is here. <laughs> no, no. Bruce is here too. Um, so this is uh, our very own podcast uh, for Lynn staff, and we're going to be talking about exciting things in innovation and social innovation and health innovation. Uh, we are going to have some wonderful guests uh, with us as we go through uh, the next couple of weeks. Um, and today we have Bruce Lochner, our CEO, as our first guest. Say hi, Bruce. Hey, everybody. Okay, so Elliot, what's this podcast for? So... Uh, this podcast is going to be an opportunity f- for us to explore um, all the exciting things that's happening in our region for health and social innovation and med tech. Um, we're going to be talking about ways that we can improve our patient experience and patient outcomes using health innovation, how we can help to make your jobs easier, how can uh, we find newer and better ways of doing things uh, so we're not recreating the wheel and we're not um, doing things the same way as we've always done uh, when we know there are better ways to do it. So that's what this podcast is going to help us do. Awesome. So um, what can we expect from this in future episodes of Lincast? I don't even think you said what the name of our podcast is. It's Lincast. Okay, yeah. there you go. Lincast, leading, healthcare in, uh, leading innovation in healthcare. So uh, we're going to invite innovation leaders uh, from across our organization. We're going to invite innovation leaders outside of our organization at different health service providers. Uh, we'll have some tech leaders come in and, and talk to us about what they're doing um, for health innovation. Um, and we can expect to really uh, improve and drive the culture of innovation right across our health system. So not just in our walls at the Lynn offices, but right across our health system. So I'm... I'm really excited that uh, we're starting this podcast off with Bruce. Uh, Bruce is um, an incredible advocate across the province about, uh, for health and social innovation. Um, and you'll notice that we talk a lot about health and social innovation, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but innovation has been a big buzzword over the last little while. And innovation really means different things to different people, um, and it really depends on where you're starting from. So. Uh, what I did is I asked Bruce to join us for our very first podcast episode to talk about his vision and the board's vision for innovation. So, um, Bruce, in your, uh, from your perspective, what does innovation mean for the residents of Waterloo, Wellington? So before I answer that, I just want to know, are you going to invite other guests and then give them zinger questions at the beginning? Of the <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I am. Uh, great. Oh, that's an easy question. Um, so... I think, you know, my vision really, I, I hope, reflects the vision of, of our residents and our patients. So, and it's not any one thing. It's what's meaningful for a patient in their situation, particularly when they can't get care. So I think about some of the things that we're doing in, in our Lynn around electronic information being made available to residents about uh, electronic referral to specialists and people knowing whether the referral's been made and whether the specialist is gonna be available and when the appointment is and so on and just filling that communication gap. And and I saw this on Twitter the other day. Someone said, oh, that's my dream. And I thought, wow, well that dream's the reality here, but it's their dream in other parts of the, of the province. So for me, innovation, you know, that was a lot of people's dream a number of years ago and now we're, we're making that real. I think innovation doesn't also have to be technology. It, it can just be, you know, the, the free spirit, giving people, you know, the freedom to do what they were trained to do in the first place. It doesn't sound innovative, but imagine that. If we let nurses be nurses and we let 
you know, uh, social workers be social workers and we didn't have all this red tape. Um, it's going to take a hell of a lot of innovation <laughs> to allow that to happen just to, to reduce the risk. But again, that's, that's low tech. Um, it may seem simple, but, but that's also part of it. So you touched on something um, uh, interesting. So um, who out there does innovation well? So, you know, we talk a lot about innovation within our walls. Um, and then at a provincial level, uh, they talk about health innovation. But uh, what about across the province and maybe even around the world? So who who's known for um, being really innovative in healthcare? Well, I think on well, healthcare, geez. Um, I was going to say, or otherwise. That, that was a, a broader question. You, you know, I'll start with otherwise. I think, you know, Apple's a great example. Um, a company about to, you know, go under potentially many, many years ago um, to, to now doing doing the obvious. Um, so, so to me, that's an obvious one. I think you look at uh, even the, the, the simplistic ones around, um, you know, again, what's an innovation? Sometimes an innovation isn't something new. You know, the, the old joke about... Uh, the Americans spending so much money to uh, design some pen that works in space and you know blah 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 and then you know the Russians figured it out <laughs> using a pencil um, you know some people wouldn't view that as as innovation but I, I think we can't we can't ignore that and that part of innovation we see Google get, Google getting back into uh, the health space um, I think locally some of the coolest innovations are just our students um, you and I both have met that young student who created a pressure mattress for for uh, for pressure ulcers yep. or, you know in, in long-term care homes and Curiato. You know, yeah Curiato. what a great innovation and uh, that didn't require all this uh, this brain power and all these big organizations and all these regulations this was you know done in somebody's garage mm -hmm. that's innovation awesome awesome so I know you're really passionate about um, not just health innovation but also social innovation yeah. so do you want to talk about um, what the difference is between the two and what, what really social innovation means? Boy, um, you know, and everybody will have a different definition, but some of the things that we're working on in social innovation, uh, and a good example is our connectivity table, where years ago, through some luck and through some design with our police, they talked about some work being done out in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, that was you know, taken or borrowed or stolen from Glasgow, Scotland. And imagine people from all different sectors, education, family and children's services, um, social services, police, hospital, sitting around a table and dealing with our, our residents who are most at risk, those who are vulnerable of potentially causing considerable harm to themselves or others, uh, some folks involved in the sex trade, gangs, and so on, and then reducing that risk right away. How do we do that? Do we arrest our way out of a problem? Do we, you know? Emerge department our way out of the problem? No. We go and we knock on their door and say, hey, how can we help you? And that, uh, you know, that's, that's an amazing, again, low-tech innovation, but uh, that's the envy across the province, the fact that so many sectors are, are wrapping care around, um, and by care I don't mean to say health care, I mean a caring way mm -hmm. around uh, our most vulnerable residents. That's amazing. That's, and that's an amazing example of a social innovation. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so why do you think health innovation is important? Elliot, feel free to jump into it because I know you probably have some thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, it's, it's imperative. So health innovation is an imperative that we have in this province. Um, you know, we spend over $50 billion a year in healthcare across this province. Hey, we just hit 60. 
Or, yeah, okay, so $60 billion a year in healthcare, and uh, we know that that is not sustainable. We need to find different ways of doing things uh, to provide better patient care, to find efficiencies in, in the processes that we have, um, and we know that innovation will help us do that. So, um, you know, I think about back a few weeks ago when Helene Ireton retired, and she told a story about when she first started in this organization 30-odd years ago, um, if if they hadn't innovated then, we wouldn't be where we are now. Yeah. And she, she tells an incredible story about taking uh, patient records and putting them on uh, recipe cards and dropping them down from the third floor <laughs> at Guelph Public Health onto the first floor, and someone caught them and inputted them into a system. And um, and then she was the first person to get a computer in the organization, and um, there was a lot of resistance. So um, I, it's really important to do that. If if people 30 years ago didn't innovate, um, things would still be moving very slowly, and, and that was innovation. So we need to continue to do that um, to keep up with um, the demands that we have from our patients and 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 the, the growing need we have from our patients uh, with the resources that are available to us. Awesome. Yeah, amazing words of wisdom from Helene. So yeah. I think we should leave it at that. that yeah. That's uh, just a, an amazing uh, statement she made and an amazing legacy yeah. uh, that she's left for this organization. Yeah. Where do you think we're going in health innovation in this organization? Well, I think not only in this organization, but provincially. I mean, the, the government, you know, we've, we've heard this from them already. It's, as presentations are made, many of them say, gee, this seems like, you know, same situations and some of the same issues as last time we were in government. That's a long time ago. And in some mm -hmm. cases, you know, we heard this five years ago. Um, and that's not a criticism of individuals. That's really the environment hasn't permitted, instead of given the permissions across the province to be innovative. We're quite thrilled with um, the, the hope that um, there, there will be not only uh, an allowance for us to be innovative, but a push for us to be innovative going forward. Um, the deputy in talking to her, you know, they're talking a lot about artificial intelligence. And if you think of the application of that, and we know, for example, in California, there's a company that um, can can offer cognitive-based therapy and, and uh, solution at your bedside. So for those of you know us who know folks with you know anxiety or depression, cognitive-based therapy is is you know a, a very well-known. Uh, approach to to um, uh, caring for individuals with anxiety and depression, um, but you have to book your therapist and you have to find someone who likes you and and they have to really work with you. We know through technology now, this isn't for everyone, but imagine if your therapist can work with you and learn and grow with you. Artificial intelligence and the pace of computing now could actually do that. And at two in the morning, when you're you're really needing someone to talk to, you, you turn to your bedside and you have a counselor who is. You know, better than perhaps um, uh, one one that you may have today. Um, isn't that amazing? And we're not again looking to replace humans. That's not what I mean. That's kind of the extreme example. Um, at a at a kind of lower lower tech example, how many of us wish some of the tasks in our day could be automated so that we could free up time to 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 care for patients? I mean, every care coordinator I've talked to in here said, I would rather follow up be able to follow up and have the time to follow up with that family or do one more thing, but I've got to do all this other stuff. So again, I think advances in innovation and technology can help us in that yeah. respect as well. Just make our jobs easier, make make uh, make uh, more time for, for doing what we do best, which is caring for patients. Yeah, and that's a lot of the work that we're doing um, in the innovation space and digitally as well. Yeah. Um, 
trying to find you know behind the scenes ways to make people's jobs easier Absolutely. so they can provide um, more care yeah. which is which is what everyone wants to do so. that's awesome, awesome. Um, Elliot, could you let our listeners know what's currently happening in digital health innovation in Ireland? Yeah, so there's a lot going on. Um, uh, probably um, some of the big ones I think about uh, that we're actually driving. Um, we have a, a great partnership with a company called DashMD. So uh, Zach Fish was um, one of the guest speakers at our wellness uh, day we had a couple months ago. So he's um, one of the founders of DashMD. And the problem that DashMD was trying to solve was when people get discharged from the hospital and um, they, they leave the hospital with all these papers and instructions and follow-up care and aftercare, um, and, and they're confused and they don't know what to do um, or how to go about accessing specific uh, care or what to do for follow-up. Um, they've created an app that uh, consolidates all of their aftercare and their discharge information in one spot. But the really, really cool thing about it is it also connects them with different community providers. So they can, um, if they need a pharmacy, if, if they need a physiotherapist, for instance, so things that might not be prescribed or things that they just need to go and find on their own, um, they'll be able to uh, open up their phone, go onto the DashMD app, um, and it'll geolocate uh, a provider or a therapist um, or something, <coughs> something for them uh, that they need. So really, really great innovation. It's being used at a number of different hospitals in GTA. Um, we are the very first LIN to, um, to take it on from a system level. So <coughs> we are going to be working, um, or we are working already with, with Dash to launch it. Um, at Freeport and at Cambridge Memorial and hopefully all of our other hospitals um, in, in the near future. Um, the EL Center of Excellence is uh, doing some absolutely incredible work with e-referrals and virtual visits uh, with, with uh, our physicians um, and patients. Um, that's probably a whole podcast on its own, um, but we probably talk to anywhere from 10 to 20 health and medtech startups a month um, who have some incredible ideas. Not all the ideas are great, um, and not all of them will turn into something, um, but we've seen some uh, pretty neat ones um, come out of uh, our local uh, incubators and accelerators recently. So big ones dash that we're working on, but there's a few more yeah. coming down the road. Hey, can I still jump in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple others, I mean, we met with an, well, there's one here, Bloom, and then um, Qualicare, who we met through one of our service provider organizations, talked about, you know, some of the challenges with uh, the, the personal support work, which is, you know, amazing people we know doing doing amazing work for for uh, families right across the land. Um, and that's split shift, and I know, I think we all know, personal support workers who have to do that split shift because everybody wants their care in the morning or at night. Um, and there's that available care uh, during the kind of 10 to 6 period, let's say. Um, imagine if we could provide um, some opportunity for those PSWs during that, during that time. So an app, and this is like now, um, you could see a PSW in your area just like Uber. Um, you know the PSW in your area, you know there's one. And imagine I need to, or I want to go out and uh, get groceries, or I have to go to uh, pick up a child, or, or who knows what, maybe even respite care. It's just one of many examples you can start to think of, and I'm sure, again, our innovative people here can think of a zillion more. That's an innovation that I think um, 
it's just a different way of looking at things. And without without that innovative spirit, we're going to try to solve this with, uh, you know, more phone calls, more SBOs trying to do the same thing, more of the same. And you know, we all know that's the definition of the of insanity, just trying to solve, you know, problems that have existed forever, taking the same approaches. So, I think that's a good example. And then, IntelliJoint um, again, I think. From what I understand, it's you know more precision guided um, installation. Yeah, so the intelligent IntelliJoint is a great example. So they're a local company. Uh, a year ago, they had twenty employees or twenty one employees. Now they have fifty three employees. Um, it's a made in Waterloo solution. And uh, you know when I f was first introduced to the founder, um, he said, "So if you are a carpenter and you're hanging a shelf on a wall, use a level to make sure that it's straight and level. If you are um, a surgeon and you're replacing someone's hip, generally speaking, you eyeball it. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's how you make sure that the hip is straight. And if you're wrong, that means the person's hip could be A, not straight, it could be shorter, it could be longer, you could have all sorts of other complications. So IntelliJoint eliminates that completely. And um, they've performed 6,000 surgeries now in the US. Um, they've, they've been able to um, avoid having people um, have to replace uh, their their hips after 20 years of after having a hip replacement using this. And it's incredible. This is the key point about innovation. I mean, lots of people, uh, you know, there's lots of innovations going on in Ontario, lots of innovations going on in the world, but we're really focused on, so how will this make a difference for patients? It's that, you know, it's back to our core value um, and, and, and our, our vision and our mission. It's all about the patient. So um, lots of people call Elliot, lots of people call us every week. Tell us how this is going to make an impact. So if you think of that person, who has to have a revised hip, you know, another hip replacement, the pain they go through, the agony waiting. Um, how many more people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people who, who in Ontario who will live better lives longer because of that? Not to mention freeing up the dollars, mm -hmm. the precious dollars in healthcare for other things like more home care or more primary care, what have you. Um, that's where innovation really hits the mark and why it's so necessary. Yeah, let me give you another example. So uh, we we were meeting with um, a, a brand new tech company about a year and a half ago called Preemptive. And uh, we introduced them to Stonehenge, which is one of our um, addictions uh, and mental health providers in Guelph. And so Stonehenge is running the community withdrawal program. So um, if you um, have uh, some type of, of addiction and you're um, you're withdrawing at home or in the community. Uh, Stonehenge has uh, therapists who will help monitor your progress and help you through that process while you're um, living in the community, whether it's at home or, or elsewhere. Um, and they'll be there for you and help you through um, all the different withdrawal issues that you might face. The problem is um, they've got four therapists and somewhere around 100 to 130 patients who are withdrawing. So that's about 25 to 30 uh, patients that each therapist is, is monitoring by themselves every single day. So as you can imagine, that's a lot. So even if that, that one person was driving around to every single patient, um, that's taking a long time. Um, it's really more in the moment care that those patients need. So what Preemptive did was they created this, this mobile solution. It's, it's on an app. And they, they realized that all the patients all have um, um, phones. So uh, now a therapist is able to monitor the patient while they're uh, withdrawing at home. Um, so when the patient uh, is, for instance, when the patient throws up four times in an hour, uh, 
and they're starting to panic and they think I should go to the hospital or a family member comes and and finds that out. Uh, they say, well, no, we need to take to the hospital. The app will tell them, well, actually, no, you don't. That's actually normal in this case. Uh, but if you're still worried, press this button and you can talk to your, your therapist, your, your withdrawal wow. person, your coach. Um, so it's really helping those patients stay connected. It's helping them get better care. It's reducing the number of times they have to go to the emergency room in Guelph. Um, and it's, it's really exciting. So we're looking at now taking that, um, that application and, and scaling it across some of the providers. So a lot of really exciting stuff that we're doing. Awesome. So what partnerships have we as a Lynn created in the community to help support our digital innovation strategies? So we've got some really exciting partnerships and, um, you know, you know, this community is known for uh, its collaboration. Um, we discovered recently that uh, the entire uh, global healthcare development team for Google sits about three blocks away from our Weber Street office. <laughs> so um, we have been meeting with them to talk about how we can leverage the Google platform using their knowledge in, in uh, big data and AI to help make better decisions for us. Um, we've made partnerships with some other big companies like Cisco and IBM um, who really want to work with us to help improve our patient outcomes. Um, we have made some incredible partnerships with our tech community. So um, we spent some time over at Communitech uh, where all the brilliant minds are, are creating the next greatest um, app or the next greatest uh, technology uh, that's going to change the world. We spent a lot of time over at the Accelerator Center. Um, where University of Waterloo students are, are building their companies. Uh, we spend some time at Velocity, um, another student, it's the largest free student incubator in the world, um, where uh, this year they're going to have 35 healthcare startups. Again, they're four blocks away from us. Um, and uh, another really exciting partnership is with the University of Waterloo Greenhouse. Um, they're a social uh, incubator and students go into there and um, come up with some really exciting uh, social impact ideas. And they spend a whole term trying to figure out how to turn them into a company and then how to launch it. And um, we've, uh, that's where Curiato came from. So the mattress guys, um, you know, great success with those guys. They're, you know, born and raised in Cambridge, went to UW, uh, decided they really, really wanted to drive their company out of uh, this region. Um, so not only are they headquartered here, but they're building their mattresses here as well. So manufacturing's happening here. And uh, now they're testing it over at um, Schlegel's Research Institute for Aging. So um, these partnerships have really helped us and helped uh, the innovators out there uh, build better products for us. So we're, we're always looking for more. Timmy's in it for the first person who emails Elliot or me with the name of one of our very own who is working with the greenhouse. Oh, a little pop quiz. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, so first person to email Bruce or Elliot on who is working with the greenhouse or who's uh, getting into the greenhouse. As a student. As a student, yeah. Gets Timmy's. Yeah. Anything on the menu? Or Starbucks maybe. Oh, or Starbucks. Yeah, or Starbucks. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> so uh, what should people expect on the next episode of our podcast? and? Who would be on as a guest? So I'm going to ask our audience, ask our, our listeners to um, send me an email, send Elliot or Tushani an email, and give us some suggestions about uh, what you want us to talk about, who uh, you might want to have on as guests. Um, and volunteer. And volunteer <laughs> to come and, and talk. 
Um, we can have internal staff, we can invite members of the community, we can invite some of the entrepreneurs that we work with. Um, definitely one of the next podcasts is going to be with Dr. Mohammed Al-Arakia, who's our uh, Chief Clinical Information Officer and the Director of the Health Center of Excellence, and a family doc, and an all-around great guy. Um, he's uh, one of the, or the leading mind in digital innovation in this province. Um, so we'll have him on and, and we'll talk to him about the incredible advancements that he and his team are making, um, not only in Ireland, but across the province for uh, digital innovation uh, for patients. So that'll be one for sure, but uh, I'll look to our our uh, audience to make some suggestions on who we should talk to next and, and what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Bruce for being our first guest on mm-hmm. our uh, on our podcast. Thank uh, thank thanks you. for taking awesome. time out of your day. Um, yeah, and again, if you have any ideas, please uh, send an email to either Elliot or I. And I think this is going in the buzz, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. See you Great. guys, or you guys can listen to us we'll later. Listen to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. All right.